you send me 15 lessons that you want to teach your audience. Okay. So going back to why people want to write books, you know, books are boring, but hero stories are exciting. And that's how kids look at things. And that's how everyone looks at it. That's why the biggest movies are hero stories. So I want you to look at this as if you are the hero of your own story. I mean, you're teaching something that benefited your life. You're, you're teaching something that can help others. So you're going to help them become the hero of their own story. So think about that right out of the gate. How do you want to help people? Where are you going with your life? This is episode number 25 with Mike Fallett. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my partner and co-host of Barb Allen, and we have another incredible interview for you here today. Uh, but before we dive into it and get to this week's episode, just want to remind you all about the Great American Summit coming to Washington, D.C., April 17th and 18th of 2020. Check your calendars now. Go to greatamericansummit.com to learn more and to reserve your your seat because this is a one of a kind patriotic entrepreneurial mindset driven event unlike anything that you've ever seen we have 15 plus world class speakers and performers coming you're going to learn how to leave average behind live this new american dream that we're experiencing and create the change that you seek to make in the world uh, and all net proceeds are going to you know, something that we're really passionate about here at American Sippets. And I suspect being that you listen to this podcast each and every week, uh, you're like us, you're people like us that support our veterans, our military, our police and first responders. And again, all net proceeds are going to charities that support our veterans, our military families, police and first responders, organizations like the Gary Sinise Foundation, the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, uh, the Nine Line Foundation, the Young Marines, uh, and a handful of others. So uh, you're not going to want to miss this event. To learn more, go to greatamericansummit.com. Uh, you can reserve a seat right now at, discount, at a discounted price. We have tickets up to 65% off. Uh, so claim your seat today and make sure you are attending the Great American Summit, April 17th and 18th of 2020. We hope to see you there. Now let's get into this week's episode with Mike Fallett. Look, 2020 is quickly approaching. Many of us look to change you know, our life each and every year to you know, make changes in, in the way we do things. We set New Year's resolutions, so on and so forth. But look, you can change your life in a year, of course, right? But you can also change your life in a day. You can change your life today, this instant, by making a new choice, a new decision. And that's one of the lessons that Mike Fallett talks about in this episode of American Snippets. Mike Fallett is an entrepreneur, a risk taker, and a man who loves true original stories. He slashed a gaping hole in his safety net and took the entrepreneurial leap when he was 23 years old, and he's never looked back. After years of ups and downs and everything in between, Mike discovered a unique approach to creating his own success, and today he is living and growing his own version of the new American dream. 
His company, Dream Starters, began as a solution to his own problems and grew to help hundreds of entrepreneurs solve that problem as well. So listen in as Mike shares his personal and professional insight on recognizing when to make major life changes, how to grow from failure, and how to disrupt the hierarchy of success in order to find true fulfillment. So without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Mike Fowler. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. We are sitting down today with Mike Falla, and he's going to talk to us about something that a lot of people in this country experience and struggle to find their way out of. Now, there are a ton of people who live and work in the corporate world and thrive in it, and they, they love it, and it's where they're meant to be. And they just, they put in their time and they live happily ever after. But there are almost as many people, I would dare to say, who are in that corporate world or in the nine to five or in the other job routine and pattern and not happy there, feel like they don't fit in, but just have no idea how to get out, how to break out of that, not maybe rut is the word I call it, um, but break out of that system that they're so used to. And they just have no idea how to take this thing that they want to do and build it into something that they can make a living out of and make an impact out of. So that is what Mike is going to talk to us about today because he was there. He was in the corporate world. He was doing his thing. He was doing well in the corporate world, but he made that decision just about five years ago to take that leap and recognize that he wasn't happy there. He took that leap. And within five years, he's managed to build a company up into the high six figures where he's poised to break into seven figures into next year, which is no small feat for anybody to accomplish. Mike is the um, owner of Dream Starters Publishing. It's a company that helps entrepreneurs write books in less than 30 days. Mike and his team have helped over 115 entrepreneurs write their books He is also the author of Dream Starter, Attractive Storytelling, Started from Zero and Zero to Hero. I have huge respect for all of this as a writer, as an author, as someone who's pushed my own books out there. This is going to be so much fun for me and so much value for everybody listening. Mike, thank you today for taking the time to sit down with us. Hey, thank you so much, Barb. Uh, Whenever you approached me about this, I was so excited. Anything regarding the American dream, I can talk about for days. So I'm looking forward to this podcast episode. Excellent. And I like that you started with that. And everyone who listens to us knows that that is like our our mantra. It's our focus. It's what we push out. It's what we live. It's what we breathe. Because, um, you know, years ago after I was trying to kind of recover from losing my husband in the military and raising my kids without him, I heard all this talk about people just bashing our country, how there was no opportunity left. And, you know, it upset me. And then I realized that there is so much opportunity out there. And I know a ton of people who are just going for it and crushing it and making a difference. And that is what has led me to people like you today. I get to keep meeting more people like that. And when I find somebody who is as invested and enthusiastic about the American dream as we are, it is super fun, super fun. And it looks different for everybody. You were living what a lot of people would would call their American dream, right? In the corporate world. For a lot of people, that's what it looks like. I go into corporate world and they love it and they're happy and that's their dream and that's where they stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, you know, you, you go to school and then you get the job. And then, like you said, I was in the corporate world. I was making six figures as a sales rep. Uh, but then I realized I was I'd rather be dead uh, than um, than continue on with that path. So I was willing to risk my whole life, my future into a business 
And fortunately, it paid off, but it was not easy. So hopefully we can talk a little bit about the ups and downs of that journey today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you say, you know, you drop a comment like I'd rather be dead than continue that line. (laughs) Did you get to that point where you were like actually just so miserable? And I know it may sound extreme, but I do know a lot of people who are just like, like, I have no idea. Like, what is wrong with my life? Like, why am I so unhappy? I have this going on. I have that going on. But you just feel like you're kind of dead inside, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you had hit. I'm sorry. Is that where you had you you hit in your world? Oh, absolutely. What happened was, and it was right around the Christmas time where, I mean, I was 30 years old. I was uh, sitting at a bar. I turned 30 in in August. And I remember sitting at the bar. I'm like, man, if I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, there is no point to live because I am not happy. I'm not making anybody else around me happy. I know there's potential inside of me but I don't know exactly what it is. I know I need to start something and put it all on the line. But what is that perfect opportunity? And that perfect opportunity everybody's seeking for, it's just impossible to find right out of the gate. So right around December of that year, after August, it was, it was the moment where I said, you know what, starting January, and it was maybe that New Year's resolution, I am going after whatever it is, and I'm going after it full force. And so I made the decision to leap and it was so difficult to leave that comfortable lifestyle that you have money for rent and money for food. And it was so hard to do that, that I understand if you have kids, if you have a family, it's even more scary for them than it was for me as a single guy. But what happened was after a year or two years, I started to actually catch traction And then that's whenever it started to take off. So it took two uh, two years, I would say, of doing the book business before people started coming to me rather than me go to them. But what I learned in those first two years is invaluable. And so when I look at someone who's saying, man, you don't know where I've been and what I'm I'm going through. Absolutely. Yes, I do. Because I was there. uh, And it's not easy to break away from all those luxuries of life. It might make you comfortable and secure, but it doesn't make you happy. And I'm a big believer in pursuing happiness. So, you know, if you're not doing something that you love, how good can you do it? How well? Excellent. So what was, but what was it that led you into books? Was that something to do with your corporate job? Did you already have experience with that? Oh my God. Yeah. As you can see, we're not your average book company. If you watch anything on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. I can't get a freaking (laughs) song out of my head. (laughs) That's good. That was the best compliment of the day for sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're not your average book company. People think, oh, did you love to read and write in school and growing up? No, I I hated it. I, I looked at books as boring. I watched a lot of documentaries. I watched a lot of movies. I love music. This, you know, was a part of my life, not books, right? So I started to think about, well, um, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And, And it all came back to, so I'll go back to the very, very, very beginning. So I was 16 years old and I got a job working at a gas station. And my whole life, I thought I was going to go into the military. My dad was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Navy. My, my other grandfather was in the army. So 16 years old, I'm thinking I'm going to go to the Navy. That's where I was going. And then I started working for this entrepreneur who owned gas stations and, and restaurants and all kinds of different, you know, rental places. And I started to see his lifestyle and I saw how he operated. He was very sure of himself. He was super confident. He had anything that he wanted, 
he worked very hard. People respected him. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this businessman thing really looks cool. Let me, let me go into that direction. So I started saving up all my money. I would not cash a paycheck for probably eight months. And he comes down to me. This is a, this is a multimillionaire guy. He didn't know who I was. He comes down to me and he says, uh, are you the guy that's not cashing any paychecks? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, 16, 17 years old. I'm not cashing because that's my, that's my savings account. He goes, you're screwing up all the books <laughs> in our company. Because <laughs> at one point you're just going to cash everything. <laughs> <laughs> you need to cash these paychecks. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with it. He's like, I'll show you what to do with it. So he started getting me into mutual funds and showing me the ropes with that. And so I had $5,000. I was 17 years old. All I did was work, work, work to get all this money. And so he was like, when you graduate from high school, go to Duquesne University. Duquesne University is in Pittsburgh. It's a pretty damn good school. And I was like, well, I can't afford it. You know, this whole starter from zero thing is really not made up. It's, it's, uh, you know, we struggle. So, so he's like, no, get to Duquesne University, you know, get the loans, do whatever you need to do. Just get in that school. And once you get out, you'll have a finance degree and you can come work for me or you can go anywhere in the world. So I do that, go to school. He gives me rich dad, poor dad, right when I was about to graduate, right around 22 years old. So I read that. And so when I get out of school, I go to work for him. I'm sitting in that office. Here I am. I just graduated. I did everything that he said. And all of a sudden it hit me. I hate finance. I hate sitting in an office. (laughs) I hate the lack of creativity. I hate just doing what other people tell me to do. I was just dead. And so I told him, I was like, listen, you just gave me rich dad, poor dad. I'm going to go start my own business. This is what kind of killed him inside. And, and it was the first time where I went out on my own completely to start a business, got into rental property, did okay, started a couple businesses, failed, 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 and one did okay. And then that's when I realized I was in severe debt. Even though the business was doing okay to, to, to live on, I was in severe debt. And that's when I had to take a job with a corporation uh, in uh, home remodeling. And when I was in home remodeling, I was doing really well. I was paying off all my debts. I paid off some credit cards. You know, it's probably $40,000 in the credit card debt. Paid off a bunch of that. Here I am now. I'm almost back to zero. And then, then I realized, okay, well, even though I'm making money and I'm doing everything that is successful in the eyes of the average person, I'm still not happy inside. I'm starting to gain weight. I don't even want to work out. I'm not having the same passion that I did with my first couple, my first uh, few startups. And that's when I took the jump. So when I wrote a book to really just kind of hack attention, it was called Dream Starter. It was, it was all about that, that first startup that worked. You got to keep it simple. You got to have demand. You got to have vision. And I wrote that book and that's when people started to pay attention to me online. They gave me speaking gigs. They gave me attention. And I realized that was the key to a successful entrepreneur's first step, first journey, first you know, move in the direction of becoming an influencer. I wrote the book and then people said, Oh my God, you're an Amazon bestseller, which is actually pretty easy to do. And I can teach people how to do that. But I turned my book into an Amazon bestseller. I was getting speaking gigs and people started saying, wow, you're doing everything that I want to do. Can you show me how to do that? And I said, yeah, I want me to even write the book for you. I'll interview you. I'll write the book for you and I'll turn you into an Amazon bestseller. They said, sure. How much? I was like, I don't know, 2,500 bucks. (laughs) So right out of the gate, I had a business where I was writing books for people. I didn't think I was a great writer at all, but I did write every day whenever I first started a business. I started to document everything. And somehow along the way, I got pretty good 
at, um, you know, putting my thoughts down on paper. So I did that for a couple of clients and all of a sudden I was up and running. Then I hired a bunch of writers and before I knew it, two years in, I have a six figure business and, and we, we write books for people, pretty much a new client every week. So that's, that's how awesome. it all began. That's really cool. And again, um, having been out there, I have two books out on Amazon. I know how hard it is to, well, how hard it is if you don't know the system, I don't know the system, but you know, like there's just, you know, you're, you're buried out there. It's just a sea of other, other books and, and other things. And so that's, you know, super valuable. And to me, you know, impressive. Um, you say it's easy, but it's a skill, right? And if you Oh, everything there's strategy to everything. Yep. Strategy to everything. You have to learn it and you have to maintain it because they're always changing their system, right? So you gotta stay stay abreast of that and, and keep swimming. You're just gonna be washed over and they're gonna move on, right? That's exactly it. And and that's what's beautiful about entrepreneurship is that because things change, it gives people an opportunity to win. And that means it's just, you know, the people who have the money and all the resources, they don't stay on top forever. It's easier for them to stay on top, but it gives people like me to kind of, to win. You know, if you can hack attention, if you could stand out against the people who get slow and get boring, you can beat these people. And that's, I guess that's the, uh, the, the, the quintessential definition of the American dream is that you can come here. Equal opportunity does not automatically give you equal outcome. And that's a beautiful thing. Oh, that's a, that's a good phrase. You know, that's (laughs) that's like a good little tidbit, a good snack. We're, you know, looking into moving into other things too. And I'm going to quote you on that one. I like that. uh, (laughs) It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. So what was one of the first clients that sought you out? Like the first big client that saw you on that moment? Good question. Good question. All right. So uh, I was doing my thing on Amazon and I was doing my thing on Instagram and Instagram did not start off with what you see now. It's, it was really basic and primitive. And I was just putting out quotes and, you know, showing a couple things that I was working on and a man named Anthony Lolly from New York city from, from Brooklyn reached out to me and said, Hey, I have a book coming out called the heart of the deal. Does that sound familiar at all? Like the art of the deal? And so I was like, whoa, what's this, what's this book that's coming out? The heart of the deal? Yeah, well, it's already done, right? And he's like, yeah, I have a publisher. It's Dimension Marketing or Dimension Publishing. And uh, yeah, it was Dimension Publishing, that's what it was. And so he said, uh, I have these publishers, but they don't know how to do the Amazon bestseller thing. And they don't know how to market like you. Can you help me out with that? And I said, listen, Anthony, you are a serious player in the real estate world. He owned... Uh, Rapid Realty. Have you ever heard of that? I have. I don't know why that rings a bell, but yeah. It's a different branches all over the world or okay. maybe just the United States. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a real estate company. And I said, listen, let me just do this for you for free. But all I'm asking is that if I do a good job for you, share my name with a lot of people. And he's like, all right, deal. So within two days, I turned him into an Amazon bestseller. I got him on uh, you know different lists in real estate on, on Amazon. You know, I even had to do a, a conference call with the publishing company. They didn't even know this <laughs> trick. Like, I'm just this guy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yeah. in, in a room by myself. I'm on a conference call with a bunch of people in this office. And, you know, they have unlimited resources compared to me. So, so I, I did it for him. And then all of a sudden, he shared my name with probably five or six different clients. It was almost overnight that I had money coming to me because of this one, I guess you could call it a favor. But it yeah. was a strategic move that that put me on a map in front of an influencer. And your, I think it was on your website. It says proximity of power. Yeah, being around 
powerful people, yeah. all of a sudden it rubs off on you in some way. That's exactly what happened to me. It, money started to flow from his clients into my bank account and I was able to help them. And guess what? These were not just everyday Joes. These were people who are in real estate and very high levels. And so all of a sudden I was around these type of people and I can learn from them and write books for them. And I, I figured out a way for them to teach me something and they pay me along the way. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's the trifecta there, right? You find the people, you get to work with them, they teach you and they pay you, you're making money. Like that's, that's Amazing. it right there. Like you, that, you, that's, you learn on the job and you get paid for it well. <laughs> yeah. And so those are three steps, you know, that along the way, step one, step two, step three, some people make it and some people just get stuck at one of the steps, right? And yeah. And it's hard. It can be hard to get past one of the steps and you know, you're pushing so hard, you're pushing and a lot of people just give up and, and fold because either they have to, you know, either they've you know lost their house or they have kids or they have a family or something happens. Right. Or they're just like, Oh, the hell with this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's well, not worth it kind of thing. Well, don't you think that everybody who starts a business is so short sighted because all they're thinking about is their rent and their food. And it's, it's totally acceptable to, to feel like that. But what happens is, is that it kind of hurts you because if I would have said, Anthony, you know what? Two grand, I'll do it for you. It it would not be as special to him and he would not have shared my name with other people. So I kind of hurt myself in the beginning, but I was playing the long game. It's almost like the Japanese style of uh, relationships where you build a relationship for life, not just for a week or a month or a year. That's what we love to do with, with our guests and our community, right? And it's why... Um, you know, not everybody, but over a hundred plus 130, whatever people we've interviewed now, we're, we're still in touch with a lot of them because, you know, you get to work together, send this person to that person, refer this one to that one. It's fun. Right. And it just, it changes your whole community. Whereas I don't necessarily like, like fit in or have that community here in my like physical realm. Right. Because not many people are doing you know, what we're doing. Um, when you reach out and you wrap yourself with that community who does get what you do and, you know, and pushes you and doesn't look upon like, oh my God, that's so great. You're doing this or that. I'm a, I prefer to talk to people who are like, dude, I mean, that's well and good, but where's this? Where's that? Where's that? Like, come on, you, you could do better than this, you know, step mm-hmm. up, right? It makes a big difference. So what did people say to you when you were in that corporate world and said, Hey everyone, I have a little announcement to make. Like, or oh, did you announce? <laughs> man, uh, you know, it's the same thing for every entrepreneur who makes a change or levels yeah. up in their life. So much pushback from friends, so much pushback from family. Who does this person think he is? Uh, you know, are they just an egomaniac trying to start their own business for for all wealth and fame for themselves? And you know, you get you hear these little chitter chatter from people from, you know, that you thought were like your friends and family, that closest friends. And it kind of rubs you the wrong way, but it's that it's the disrupting the uh, hierarchy, I call it. So let's just say I'm in the corporate world and there are people who make way more money than me. And all of a sudden I leave them. I fire my boss. You'll see on my website, I talk about firing my boss. And so I fired them. Now that's going to be sort of a, a thorn in their side. Who's this guy? You're going to leave me? Okay. It's almost like a boyfriend, girlfriend type thing where you're going to leave me. Good luck. That type of thing. And all of a sudden I start to do well. 
And now it's, it's almost as if you're disrupting the hierarchy. This person did everything right in society to get the corporate job. And now this little entrepreneur who thinks highly of himself is going to make more money than that person who's been in business for 30, 40 years in the corporate structure could be the same thing with friends. You know, the straight A students that I went with, went to school with all of a sudden you start to run your own business when you were, I was a low B C student. I mean, I didn't care about anything except for hockey and, and uh, you know, just in, in, in movies, that type of thing. So you, you disrupt the hierarchy and all of a sudden you start to do really well. And once you start to kind of maybe get further along in your journey, maybe even knowing yourself, like entrepreneurship is a journey of identity. Like you really figure out what's inside of you, who you are faster than anyone else, because it takes a lot of guts to get on camera, get on a podcast, put this red jacket on, write a story, <laughs> tell your life. Yeah. It takes guts and you better be able to back it up somewhere, somehow. And, uh, and so when you start to really get clear on who you are and what you want, it could threaten other people who are very insecure or maybe financially, or maybe they don't know themselves as well as you do. So you're going to get pushback, but it's almost as if it's a sign of something good. If you don't have people talking negatively about you, are you doing anything that's going to grab any attention? Because trust me, when people are talking negatively, there are a lot of people out there who are looking at you and saying, man, I wish I could do what that person does. Yeah, I can check the negative box. Um, <laughs> talking, I think the favorite one I've heard is that all I care about now is writing books and being famous. You know, so you know, I'm I'm over everything else. But what did you do? Get that. What did you when when that happened? Was that a a, 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 sh a shot to, in the arm of like, wow, I'm making moves? Or what did you do? Um, oh, when I heard that particular one or any yeah. of the other one, uh, that particular one sort of floored me a little bit. But then I just got pissed, and I was like. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I actually do care about selling books because I write these books and I'm proud of them and I love them and I would like to sell them. Like, and I have a family to support and, you know, and I worked my ass off to write those books and yes, I'm going to sell them. <laughs> love it. I love it. And that, you know? that anger, right? Isn't yeah. that anger fuel and fuels good? It is. So it if is. you convert yeah. it the right way, if you have a great converter in your stomach and your heart, you convert negative energy into fuel somewhere and all of a sudden it's a good thing then. Yeah. And that is the key, right? You just hit on a, on a good point uh, is channeling that and harnessing that. I talk a lot about, you know, flipping pain into purpose, train your pain, all that stuff. Because if you don't like some, then it's going to take you in a different path. Did you hit a point where you were kind of like underneath the negative emotions and, uh, you know, needed to, to flip on top of them? I think that, uh, I think that, Whenever I first started to succeed, uh, well, I wouldn't say started to succeed. I was starting to make enough money that I could do it on my own. Um, and when I say succeed, to me, it was like, oh my God, I have enough mo money to buy eggs and milk. Like that was my definition of success. Yeah. Like, holy smokes, I'm, I, have, I have my own business and I can pay bills. So when that started to happen, I still saw uh, my, my good friends that I you know just worked with. Like these are people in the corporate world or people I've worked with in the past. I could see them... Uh, you know, the way they treated me, they, you know, it was, it was almost as if I was still an outsider and it took years for me to like, actually maybe not forgive them, but, uh, but be like, okay, you know what, every, we're all past what happened in the very beginning of, uh, of me going my way and, and you going your way. And whenever an entrepreneur goes out on their own for a long, long time, you're very alone. 
And uh, you are an outsider to a lot of people because all you have to do is focus on the next sale, the next day. And it's, maybe it's partially my fault. I would say maybe majority my fault because I had to focus on taking care of my vision, myself, and, and everything that I wanted to accomplish is in your hands. There is no paycheck. There is nobody taking care of you. So you really need to get clear and really focused on, on your direction. So to do that, you kind of isolate yourself. And there was a time, I guess, where I felt completely isolated from everyone, including my mom, my dad. It was scary because the way I was brought up was very blue collar. And it was almost as if don't start a business until you have a money coming in from the business. You know, don't leave your job until you have money coming in. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense because I will never, ever be able to remove the safety net and dig in deep enough to really grow it. So my family was against the whole entrepreneurship, my friends, everyone around me. And so to be on your own, you talked about it before. You just got to get around the people who've done it, ask them the right things, and then you know believe in yourself to a, to a level that you never thought was even possible. Yeah. And it's scary. And you're just on that leap of faith, you know, and you just have to take the hits and take the nose and take the downs and be like, all right, I got this. <laughs> Figure things out. In some ways, you know, the whole fake it till you make it has value and traps in it at the same time, right? And you just got to kind of balance it out. But yeah, it's hard to keep that mindset that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get there and I'm going to do that. But now, I mean, you have people coming to you, you're writing books, you're cranking them out, you're putting them, you know, at as bestsellers, which is a good place to be, even though, you know, you say it's easy to do. And I do. I see a lot of people who are oh, Amazon bestsellers for like a day or two and pop off. You know? <laughs> an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and then they, they put it up. Though. I'm an Amazon bestseller. But um, if you're in the business, maybe you're like, okay, you know, like, I get that. But outside the business, or pe people still care. That still matters, right? It's still a feather in your hat. It's still something to put underneath your Instagram bio. Like you're, you're like, it matters to, to be able to say that. Yeah. So I, everything comes down to marketing. I mean, people yeah. can always say they have the better product and service, but that's really debatable, but you really can out market people and it's yeah. noticeable and it's sometimes undebatable, I guess. So a great, a great marketer will always beat a great product or a great service. And if you have that something so that's true, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. if you have a if you can get more attention in a certain way and give people a feeling of who you are and you can brand yourself in a way that they feel a part of your business in some way, you're going to get their money. All right. And, and so that's a really, really good thing. So bestseller is just a checklist item on someone's checklist that says, is this person worthy of my attention or not? Mm -hmm. Do they have a book? Do they have a podcast? Have they been around many years? Do they make X amount of dollars? Do they work with these type of people. There's a huge checklist depending on what you're looking to buy. But bestseller is 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 a is a checklist item. And yes. if you're an Amazon bestseller, if you're best selling whatever, it doesn't matter, best selling clothing line, I that doesn't doesn't matter. It means there's validity to who you are in some fashion, even at the lowest level. But guess what? Even at the lowest level is still higher than most. So you are now, you're in the high six figures now, I'm saying, and you're poised to move into seven figures now. in five years. In five years, you're going from the corporate world, I'm going to make this move. I'm going to move out there and do five years. It can seem like a grueling five years, right? But, <sighs> but five years is nothing. 
Nothing. I'm 35. Uh, you know, like, the sooner you start, the better. But five years, you can change your life. You can change your life in a year. Yeah. But it, it could even be more than that. I mean, it can be, you can change your life in a day. I mean, it, just changing who you're around, what you believe, where you go to work, what you read, what you listen to, you can start to make those changes. And you're, you're bringing up five years. It's not just me. It, my team is incredible. But we met a man named Mark Evans. We have a book here. I'll show you. A bunch of different books here. Rising in America. I want to bring this up too. This guy comes to America, builds a million dollar business. Fantastic story. This is the American dream. That's a great right story. Yeah. I don't even know. And I love it. I love the title. I, yeah. Yeah. Great. So I don't know if you can see that. Okay. But uh, Rising in America, Alex Resende, phenomenal individual. And going back to the American dream real quick here. This guy talks about coming from Brazil and how hard it is to start a business there, to grow a business, to what you need to do to grow a business in different countries. It's so, so difficult compared to here. He comes here, he, he learns a whole new language. He does extremely well, builds a real estate company in Texas. Uh, and now he's just killing it. Now he, is, he goes to Lamborghini Fest. He shows off his Lamborghini, talks about his book, gets people to understand a little bit about his business, how he can help people become financially free all through the vehicle of real estate. So let's go back to this in a second, but go back to the, the, the five-year thing. The, the million dollar mark didn't even seem possible to me until I met a man named Mark Evans. Mark Evans is a very, very successful real estate guy, entrepreneur. You could just look him up, just Mark Evans DM. And he starts to tell me, man, do you realize what you have here? I'm like, listen, there's no residual income. I'm just making sales after sales after sales. I don't know where I can go from here. He goes, you don't even know the capabilities. So a man like that comes into my life and gives me belief. I thought I had a ceiling. And then all of a sudden he gives me this confidence boost. I've been doing it for three, four years before I even meet this guy. And all of a sudden he gives me this boost that I can go so much further and do so much more than I'm doing. And that's whenever he, you know, puts me in touch with the right people. And all of a sudden it starts to grow and I see it's actually possible to break a million. So when you're out there, people think, oh my God, I got to do all this on my own. When you start to do wild things and you get the attention from the right people, they're going to help you. Whether they become part of it, they become mentors, they become your clients, the right people start to come to you. And attraction marketing does that. And you see a lot of stuff we do with like the rock and roll feel, the sex appeal out there, making it look different. Mm -hmm. All that's part of the game. You got to look different online. Um, but it's really about just showing that you are different. You do do different things because that creates excitement in other individuals like a Mark Evans that says, you know what, I'll either want to be a part of this or I believe in you. Let's go do something really crazy with this. So where did you meet him? I met him. Okay. And this is a great question that you had before was, I don't meet anybody in, in where I'm at. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You said you're yeah. in New York. You yeah. meet all these people online. Same with me. 168 clients. I had to correct you. I think you said 115 in the, in the intro, which is an old story, but. Well, that's on your website. Oh, was that on my website? Yes, it is. Oh my God. I got to fire myself now. <laughs> We're so, both fired. <laughs> so 168 clients and I meet okay. them all online, all Facebook, Instagram, and referrals from clients. I did a book for a guy named Chris Rude and Chris Rude's in real estate. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's in wholesale real estate. And I have all these books around here. I don't, I'll you show do. you guys at the, at the end, but he's in real estate. I did a book for him. Um, and, uh, and all of a sudden, he starts to, to share my name with individuals. A year and a half later, that's when Mark Evans reads Chris Rude's book and says, who did your book? 
Chris Rutzos. Oh, Mike Fowler from Dreamstars Publishing contacts me. I did a book for him called Magician vs. Mule, which is coming out here very soon. And that changed my life too. So it, it might not be right away. It could be a year and a half, two years later, but someone's going to see what you've created. And then that might be the perfect time that you are mature enough to deal with high level individuals. Yeah, that's awesome. So who comes up with the titles for the books that you write? Oh, wow. Another great question. <laughs> 90% of them come to me and say, I don't even want to, I don't even want to think of a title. Can you help me out with that? Yeah. So after I do an interview process, two hours one day and two hours another day, I get a real good feel of who they are and what they're trying to accomplish. Because a book is really not about just where you've been, but it's about where you're going. And so the book title needs to help you get to your dream vision. It has to help you there. And it needs to be simple. It needs to be catchy. It needs to be different. So what I do is afterwards, I create about 10 to 15 different titles that I think are very marketable. So people look at me as a book company. I look at it as a marketing company that offers books. So it's a big difference. And so I help them with the title. I give them suggestions and they take it or leave it. And some of them love the titles and then they go and create a podcast around it. It's the beginning of a whole new career path, you know? So it could be, it could be the beginning of a course program, consulting uh, situation, a business. It could be a speech. You know, some people take this and now they start to go speeches all over. And that's the title of their speech, Built to Grow. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I, you say this stuff like, oh, this is how I do it and, or this is what I do. But like, dude, the stuff you do is like, it's gold. It's like, I mean, <laughs> thank that, you. You're that, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Best compliment person ever. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is the key, man. And I know I resisted that for a long time. And I remember a lot of people saying, you know, are you in sales? I'm like, no, I'm not in sales. Well, what do you do? Well, I write a book. Well, I have a podcast. They're like, uh, idiot. Like you're in sales. I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, or are, are you marketing? No, I'm not. Same answer. Like same conversation. Right. But it, and for so long, I was like, you know, no, I'm not. And now I realize, <laughs> oh man, I should have been in sales and marketing <laughs> a long time ago, right? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's one of the most valuable like, things that you can teach, like you personally are teaching people right now. Um, yeah, so I put a, a post recently about, you know, what's more important, marketing or sales? And so I think everybody in some aspect is in marketing or sales. You know, they market themselves or they sell themselves somehow, some way. And I always believe that um, that marketing is a skill set that is is really so transferable to, from genre to genre, business to business. Yeah. You know, activity to activity. I don't care if you're in sports or music or if you are a writer or a blogger or you like to just interview people. If you're in marketing, you could learn what's important for what matters to other individuals. That is so valuable. And so the way I look at marketing is show and tell. That's a phrase that I say to say to people over and over. If you can master the art of show and tell, like a kid in school, when they go to school, they talk about something, they show it, and then they tell why it's important. All of a sudden, people start to fall in love with the story behind it. And if you could do that with a book or a podcast or a, a shirt or a business, all of a sudden that becomes infectious. Oh my God, I see why they take so much pride in this item or this story or whatever. That story behind it means so much to them. And that is marketing to me, show and tell. And if you can master that, you can go really far in life and I don't care what aspect. So what is one of your clients or more, if they, if more pops to mind that you were like, oh my God, I can't believe this person just reached out to me. I get to like write their, write their story, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So there's a couple of them. They're all, most of them have a real estate background, the, the ones who do really well. But I would say the one that shocked me the most was a guy named Nick Santo Nostasso. And I'm going to pull up his book here. So you guys can yeah. actually go on Amazon and buy it. Victim to Victor. And I hope you could see that. Yes. But Nick Santanastasso, if you watched like, you know, TV years and years yeah. ago, and you watched like NBC in the morning or the Today Show, he was on these because he was born with a disease that only like 12 people have ever gotten and only four or five have ever lived from. No legs, one arm. And, you know, his arm, he only has one finger on it. And so the other arm, he actually had made a decision in this book, talks about how he wanted to wrestle. And, you know, he Obviously, he was at such a disadvantage. And you would think that of anybody who has such a disadvantage in life would be so negative. This guy has a better spirit than, than most people in life. You, it's unbelievable how this guy thinks. And so he made a decision in this, in this book. He'll show people this book and then tell you a story about how he made a decision to cut off his arm. He went to the doctor and said, listen, I want to wrestle. I can't wrestle because this, the thin skin on my bone hurts so much. So I need to cut this arm off so I can wrestle. Think about that story for a second. That teaches you something. So he shows this book, tells the story, and now look at him. He's on stage with Tony Robbins. He's in in China and Japan in front of thousands and thousands of people telling stories. This guy I knew was a big deal. And for him to come to me while I was sitting in this room in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, (laughs) say, I want to write a book. And all of a sudden it comes to life. This is the guy that probably blew me, blew me away the most. So Nick Santanastasso, what a guy. He taught me a lot along that interview too. Yeah, that is great. And w- talk about that for a minute, like the added value that you get, like the ripple effect of having gone out to do what you do to get to meet and really go deep into it with people like that and people who have built this company or built that company or had this life lesson or had this story like yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah. it, it, that is one of the most eye-opening experiences that people who build million-dollar businesses you think are invincible or they're immortal or they're they're just at a higher level as a person compared to you. It's so wrong. Like you realize that these are human beings. They go through such crazy stuff that well, nowadays when I think I'm stressed out or I'm like, oh my God, these people went through a hundred times uh, you know, way worse things than I've ever experienced in my life. And they've come out as a stronger person. So I think it shows you that like I get on calls all the time and there are grown men who build million dollar companies and they're crying to me about what happened to them, what their grandfather taught them, uh, what their dad showed them before he died. It's just, it's just mind boggling that everyone has these little skeletons in their closet that teaches them these valuable lessons. And it's almost as if all they did was just have the victor mentality. They had the ability to problem solve and never give up. And, and that's what gives people an advantage is that, is that undying spirit that says, you know, I don't care what, is, what stands in my way. I don't care what happens to me. There are people who go to prison for years, mm-hmm. months, whatever, and they come out and they build million dollar businesses. It, it's just shows you that there's nothing that can stand in your way. So it gives me confidence when I talk to these people that no matter what happens, I mean, I could, I could figure out a way around it. As long as I don't break that spirit that says, uh, you know, 
you can do it. You can, you can, you can write a hell of a story. You can, you can go on stage and speak in front of all these people. You're going to get on this podcast and speak to millions of individuals. You can go far. I think it just gives me a shot in the arm and says, you know what? You can do it. They did. They're no different than you. They're no smarter. These are not straight A students. They all admit they're not the brightest bulbs, but people like the Grant Cardone's of the world. Look at, look at his story. Look what he was able to accomplish. These people just watch what they do. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And you see that dude, just the work ethic in these individuals just is just supreme. You want to mimic that more than anything. Excellent. So you have met a lot of people in your world and your life and what you do. But if there was somebody that I could deliver to your home today that you haven't <laughs> met someone you oh, haven't met. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Patrick Bet David's the answer. That's the guy. Oh yeah, dude. He was great. I got to interview him. Uh, oh my God. No way. A couple months ago. Yeah. He was amazing to sit down and talk to. And I was like all nervous. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm interviewing Patrick Bet David, you know, and I, <laughs> And like a ton of research and all this prep and all this. And, you know, he was just like, like a dude. And I think they had had like some catastrophic storm had come through and they were evacuated from their office. So they were in a hotel and he was like, well, I'm just going to do the interview like from here because I said I would do the interview. So like, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was great. And getting to interview someone like that too, and then write a story a little bit was yeah, Patrick Bed David, I, yeah. I look up to him because if you watch his stuff, it's so uh, broken down to a level that anybody can understand. Yeah. I respect that. Anybody who takes something so complicated as entrepreneurship, I mean, it is very complicated. There's many moving pieces. He breaks it down into such a level that anybody can pick it up and go. And he has a vehicle to also help them get there. So I love the people who have vehicles or tools that can get people to where they want to go. You know, there are a lot of people who are just the speakers out there and they can offer advice. I really respect what he has uh, in PHP and the information he gives, valuetainment, phenomenal. He, ha- he interviews individuals. Out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. He interviews yeah. individuals have nothing, nothing to do with PHP, real estate, yeah. financial services. But what these people teach you is that uh, once again, they're just average individuals who just, you know, figure out a way. And I love the fact that he yeah. showcases that. I think I mimic a lot what he does because entertainment is so important in learning. So if, if, if you're not entertaining, if you don't have a flash or flair or, or all kinds of cool stuff to keep people engaged, they're not going to get your message. So I think he's really, really good at doing that. Yeah, I think so too. Man, the guy sits down next to like mob kings and he's like, so tell me what it was like when, you know, Joey died. He's like, well, I didn't kill Joey. He killed Joe or whatever. And you're like, okay. I'd be so scared to ask these questions. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, just tell me, brother. Like, just tell me. Like, yeah, that's yeah, in front of millions of people. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good answer. So I, we've touched upon it. We started with it. We, mentioned it throughout here, but I'm going to kind of wrap it all up with this. We talk a lot about the American dream and one of the key um, signifiers that we always make sure to point out is people will kind of pass it over or dismiss it as, well, you're not going to tell me what my American dream is. Like they just say it's dead because they think it's a cookie cutter version, right? But the whole key is that the American dream looks different for everybody. And that for me is the beauty of it. it, It doesn't look the same for any two people. So that leads me to the question. I'm going to ask you, what does the American dream mean to you? Oh, great question. Yeah. The American dream to me is, um, is total and absolute freedom. And it's not just about money, but a creative freedom. So I can go wherever, whenever, with whomever I want. And so I'm a big believer in, you know, capitalism, the American dream, all this, because if you can 
it's all based off of incentives and rewards. Whatever you can do to incentivize and reward people for going after it, that's the key. So I look at, yeah, wealth is a part of it. Financial freedom, huge piece to anybody to have real true happiness because then you're not tied to anyone or anything. Um, but it's really building something that lasts. The American dream to me is building something. You know, I think whenever it started back in the day, they created this system where they incentivize and reward people to go after the American dream and to build things, products, services, businesses, and create jobs. And so if you can incentivize people so they can go after it to earn money, what it does is that I always, I think it always leads to if there's a way to have a lot of people paying a lower tax rate, for example, compared to few people paying a huge tax rate, it's always going to yield a better return for America as a whole. So I think the American dream is to build something, go after it. So it's not just benefiting you, but it's benefiting the people around you. And money's a part of it. It's, it's the products, the services, the problems that you solve with it. And I think that's why I love capitalism so much, because it gives the hey, go do it, go solve this problem and you'll be rewarded and everybody around you will be rewarded and the people who buy from you will be rewarded. So you can build whatever's in your mind because it's for the benefit of society and for, for your legacy. So to me, that's what the American dream is all about is to, is to build something that's uh, not just yours, but uh, you know, everyone else's too. Love it. So if people want to find out more about how to get their book written by you, what it can offer them, how it can change them and how to start the process. First, give it a little breakdown of what your process is. Yes. Yeah, so dreamstarterspublishing.com is the way you can find out information. Uh, you can look me up on Instagram at the dream starter. Uh, it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. You'll be able to see me. Uh, you, you're only dealing with me throughout this entire process. But if you go to the website, you see the details, the details are as followed you send me 15 lessons that you want to teach your audience. Okay. So going back to why people want to write books, you know, books are boring, but hero stories are exciting. And that's how kids look at things. And that's how everyone looks at it. That's why the biggest movies are hero stories. So I want you to look at this as if you are the hero of your own story. I mean, you're teaching something that benefited your life. You're, you're teaching something that can help others. So you're going to help them become the hero of their own story. So think about that right out of the gate. How do you want to help people? Where are you going with your life? 15 lessons that you want to teach these people. Now combine that with 15 stories on how you learn those lessons. So I send you a Word document. What are the 15 things? You send it back to me. We do an interview two hours one day, two hours another day. I say, um, hey, let's just tell me your story. Lesson number one is about vision. What do you mean by this? And how did you learn those lessons? So you just have a simple conversation via Zoom, just like this. And after four hours, I know you pretty well. We take that content. I meet with my writer. Me and the writer bring it to life in about 20 to 25 days. Send it back to you. You get two edit run-throughs. You're able to change anything, add anything. You forgot to say something, put it in. You don't say it this way, change it. Put it exactly how you want. After that's done, I send you 20 to 30 different cover designs. You pick a cover. Jeez. We move from there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So the cover's done, the book's done. I do the formatting, make it look pretty, upload to Amazon, turn it into an Amazon bestseller. And all of a sudden you have a book that you can use for the rest of your life. And let me show you a couple of them, if you don't mind. No, please sir. Tony Vanschoik, big into multi-level marketing, makes millions of dollars a year. This is in a different language. 
we do multiple languages now, you know, Spanish and Polish. Awesome. So, so she's building organizations in different countries now. And that's what's cool about this one. Okay. We already talked about Alex Resende, real estate guy, rising in America, the American dream, the, the pinnacle of the American dream. Uh, if you want to talk about people who love America and, and the American dream and what it stands for them, talk to people who come here and build something special. These are the ones that really, really hit it home of why it's important to, to build a company in America. Uh, going for gold, John Greer, real estate guy in Florida, uh, significant individual. Uh, he has this book, he shows it to people, and there's a story about him going to a BMW dealership and how they treated him unfairly. And guess what? That's what's beautiful. He doesn't, he'll tell, so he'll tell people he'll never buy a BMW for the rest of his life the way he was treated one time in a dealership in 1995. So <laughs> this guy right here, uh, has some credible stories and he could buy every BMW in that dealership three times over and uh, they didn't realize it. So <laughs> this guy, Eric Farewell, Farewell to Normal. How about that title? This that's was a good not, one. Yeah. This like, was not my idea. It was yeah. his. He's a brilliant individual. Okay. He owns a um, uh, paramotor company. So he'll like fly around. You ever see these companies at all? No. Great, great company. And so I'm going to go down there this summer probably and fly with them. But there's all kinds of different ones. And, and let me just show you some. This is the guy that you guys should look up. Magician versus Mule. You guys have a decision if you want five by nine or, or six by nine or a five by eight book. And uh, it's an asset. I look at stories and your personal experiences as assets. And so this is an asset for life that can help you build that business of yours. You can generate attention, generate leads, generate credibility, turn that attention into dollars somewhere else. And it's not just dollars, but it's the ability to solve people's problems. And that's what it is. We, we charge $10,000 right now, half down, half upon completion. And I know that sounds like a lot of money to some people. Trust me, it is worth it. And especially if you have spent $10,000 on the wrong person, um, <laughs> the wrong person to you know, provide those services, $10,000 is going to save you and, and make you more than that. Um, and that is coming from someone who's been there and done that. So I think that is a good, you know, a good solid fee for what you charge. And it's like, it's expertise and it's professionalism and anybody out there who um, pays attention to trends and industries, watches interviews, studies, people will see everyone has a book or something that they can put out. It does matter. And people say books don't matter, but everyone has a story to tell. You need a signature talk. You need that book. You need to get that message across. And so, yeah, I... And I think that's a, a bargain for that. Uh, well, the average ghostwriter, and this is considered ghostwritten. So yes. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the book that changed my life. And what's yep. funny is that when you interview these in entrepreneurs, 90% of them say the book that changed my life was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you read it? I have not. Oh my God. I need God, to. Paul. I know. I'm sorry. I just feel like I've made a big confession here. Yeah, cut that part out. It's Make sure you say <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, I so will order the, it right now. Yeah, that's the book that changes most people's lives. And yeah. what's funny about that is that it's self-published and it was ghostwritten by a woman named Sharon Lecter. Now here's a quick little fact. And here's something I truly believe. All my writers are women. And there's a reason for that. Women are better writers. I don't know what your audience looks like, but you might know this, Barb. You got your attention to detail is pretty damn good compared to, to guys. So, so women make better writers from what I've seen. 
And so if you're out there and you're building something, get someone who is going to strengthen one of your weaknesses, get people who are good at it. The average ghostwriter costs 25 to $45,000 in the world. You can take six to nine months. I'm a big believer in quality and speed. We get it done in 30 days. And that's how we're able to do it at such a, uh, a lower cost. It's all about speed. So get it done 30 days in and out. So if you're out there and you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to write a book? You can absolutely write your own book. There's no doubt about it. But the magic of a book is how you use it. And if it's not Mm -hmm. written properly, if it doesn't look right, you're not going to be able to use it for whatever a year from now, two years from now, five years from now to get you to that next level. $10,000, if you're just starting out in business, maybe we're not the right ones to go to. But if you have a real estate business and one deal could yield more than $10,000 and that one book can help you get to that one deal, two deals or three deals forever, then it's very well worth it. One speaking fee, you know, any of One speaking fee, yes. Like Nick, he makes 10,000 easy every time, right? Yep. Perfect. Mike, thank you so much for for taking time to sit down with us today. I feel like I could just talk with you like forever. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been so much fun talking with you and learning about you. And thank you for the lessons that you passed on to our audience today. Um, if anybody has paid attention and has questions, wants to follow up, I highly recommend you do reach out to Mike, uh, Dream Starters Publishing Company. Um, we'll, we'll get you there. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And if you guys are out there and you're looking to start a business, get started now. America is the, you know, the, the place to start your dream. You know, the, what they say is I believe the Americans have, uh, what is it? 19 millionaires in the, in the country compared to the next country that has the, the, the next level is China with like four and a half million with like a, a fraction of the population. So if you're going to build it, build it here and get started right away. So thank you so much, Barb. I really appreciate uh, you having me. This is awesome. Great. Thank you. All right, everyone. There you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening in to our interview with Mike Fallett. If you got any value out of today's show, please share this episode with a friend. Uh, Share it on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, a five-star review. Let us know what you thought about this episode or any episode that we've done in the past. Uh, and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to learn more about Mike Fallett, make sure you head on over to americansnippets.com. Check out the featured article of the week. You can read our um, our article, our story on Mike Fallett and his company. You can re-listen to this podcast or watch it via uh, video. Uh, and we also include some social media links there so you can follow Mike on Insta, Facebook, and visit his website if you're interested in utilizing his services so you can publish your own book um, on Amazon and so forth. So uh, again, we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 